podcast of the wild frontier. That's us. Dead and dead and lovely. Talking shit and drinking beer. <laughs> I'm glad you had a second one. Yeah, thank good. you. I had a verse yeah. two worked up for that mm-hmm. thing. Welcome, dead and lovely listeners, to the absolute greatest horror movie review podcast in all the land. Why, it's dead and lovely. Here's the host with the most. It's me. I'm Uncle Ben. Woo! It's me, Hollywood Steve. Damn, Hollywood Steve. Just testing them levels, blowing your ears out. <laughs> and we are here for our second week of our second inaugural No Vampire, where for the month of November, we review nothing but the choicest cuts of vampire flicks, chosen by you, our dead and lovely listeners. Oh Delicious. boy, it's going to be a good time, because today we're talking about Salem's Lot. Yeah, buddy. Salem's a lot of movie. It's a whole lot of movie. It's like uh, three hours of a movie. (laughs) It's like a movie that ate another movie. Yeah. (laughs) And boy, it it didn't need to be three hours. It's very long. Yep. Steve, let me ask you. I know that watching Salem's Lot took up, you know... A solid at least five or six days of your week. Uh huh. But in obviously. the remaining twenty minutes of the week where you weren't watching Salem's Lot, you've been watching anything else good? Uh yeah. I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre. My wife Oh, that's uh, real good. Yeah, my wife's been listening to the podcast and she just listened to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre episode and it made her want to watch it again. Strong so choice. We did, and it was great. Did she get really mad that we talked a lot of shit about Trump on that episode? No, she loved it. <laughs> She loved that. That's her favorite part. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, TCM is the bomb. It is the fucking bomb. Man. Yeah. That is so a, great. An endless nightmare. We also caught up on some Bobby's Burgs. Yeah, you've Bob's been watching Burgers. That? Yeah. yeah, we were actually several episodes behind too. I think that we're I think that we still are several behind, but we oh, just watched you? like the, Have the, you Halloween? Seen the Halloween. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well you're only one episode behind. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tight. Well, and then there was one tonight, so Oh, you are two behind. God Some might damn. say that's several. God damn. Are you loving it? Yeah, it's great. I love Bosberger so Such much. Such a good show. There's been some good stuff this season. I guess they are. There's been some funny Real stuff. Real fun. I've seen some people being like, oh, it's just more of the same. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's, that's the show I like. Yeah, it's exactly There's more what of I want. the same show I like? Wonderful. Yeah. What do you want them to do? <laughs> Be different. Bo- no. Bob's Burgers goes to Canada. Bob's Wait. Tacos? I think not. Oh, do you want them to do that Simpsons thing where they start having a guest star every single week and stop Mm-mm. writing funny stories? No, I'd rather not. Yeah. I'd rather not. I'll tell you what, I'd like to, I'd like to raise a toast to Bob's Burgers and drink a little beer here with you, Steve. Yeah? What's yeah. this beer we'd be drinking? We are going to open up. This is a limited four-pack can release from our beloved pretentious brewing company here in Knoxville, Tennessee. And uh, this is a special... Hashtag trendy AF. It's a delicious New England IPA. Uh-huh. I think this one was brewed with like raspberry and vanilla and stuff. Oh, okay. And a bunch of different hops. And I'll tell you what, it really honestly doesn't taste like raspberry or vanilla at all. Oh, okay. It just tastes like a really funky, juicy, delicious IPA. Yeah. Reminds me a lot of that bearded eyes home style. That's, okay. But it's like less less peppery like it doesn't really have that grapefruity kind of element to the home style okay well see what you think about that this will be the i think the fourth iteration of the trendy af that i've had yeah yeah they're always doing new ones and they're all good hell yeah they are smells great yeah i had one yesterday we were down at the um at the brewery itself and i had one that was called baby trendy af Uh uh-huh 
and for was, babies. I don't know what the deal was that was, uh-huh. why they called it that, but it was apparently one that they started off trying to make as one of their like flock series of okay. beers, but then they changed their mind and added like pineapple and a bunch of stuff to it. <laughs> it was pretty fucking good. That's awesome. What do you think about that? This is great. These Trendy AF, um, the different brews, they all have slight variations on yeah. the taste, but the main taste is a strong citrus hoppy flavor. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, this one actually might be my favorite one that I think they've done. The pineapple ones are really good, too, yeah. but man, this one's nice. Yeah, it's real nice. It doesn't taste like raspberry or anything. No, though, does it doesn't. It? There's no raspberry flavor to that, really, at all. I would say it 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 tastes more orangey. Definitely. Actually, yeah. I do taste the vanilla. It yeah, tastes a little vanilla cream sickle-ish. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that mm. more than anything, that's what you get out of yeah. it. God, it's so good. It's delicious. I could drink my weight in that. One hundred. Yes, I could drink. I could drink your weight in that as well. There you go. And then maybe my dog's weight. <laughs> throw that in. So we've been watching through the uh, the new Sabrina Netflix series. Oh yeah, how's that going? And we just finished it the other night. Pretty good, man. Is it pretty okay. good? It's pretty good. Yeah. Like the first couple of episodes. You weren't you were totally on board, I remember. No, I wasn't on love with it. it. I wasn't really on love with it. And, and this isn't really spoiling anything if you haven't seen it yet. But you know, you've probably seen it from the previews that there's there's this whole thing about how she's a witch and she's got to do her like dark baptism. Yeah. And she doesn't know if she wants to, you know, go the the route of being a witch or if she wants to be a human. Okay. That's kind of in the previews and stuff. The first couple episodes are all kind of focused on that, which is not that interesting. And then once kind of they get over that hump. Then it just gets pretty fun. It actually oh, okay. gets to be really very Supernatural-esque. Uh-huh. Like, a lot of it reminds me of Supernatural. Okay. Where there's, like, different, you know, demons and stuff on most of the episodes. And you get more and more of the mythology and stuff like that. Now, what changes about them biologically when they become a witch? I, I think we asked this in a biology class. We did. Yeah. Never got an answer. No. But it... it Whatever it is, it'll cause you to grow warts uh-huh. and make your nose much larger. Yeah, obviously. And yeah. make your nose and chin like grow t- to Longer. touch one another. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something very interesting that happens there, and I hope they explore that on season two. I hope so too. I hope I they really go do. deep into the biology of witches. I'm quite sure that he just passed us through that class, though, that he wouldn't see us again. Yeah. I'm 100% sure of that. <laughs> It's like, I do not want to deal with these yeah. assholes again. <laughs> Whatever. Pass. They're fine. You're Move fine. them on through. But yeah, I would definitely recommend watching it. Maybe after you check it out, we can do like a mini-sode on it or something. Although I think the second the second part is coming out really soon, if I'm Maybe not mistaken. Maybe we'll wait for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see what you think about it. Oh, it, yeah. I, I want to watch it. I'm excited for it. I love Kiernan Chipka. Oh, yeah. She's amazing. And mm-hmm. th- the whole time I've been watching, I'm just like, I want to watch Black Coat's Daughter again. Yeah. That makes sense. Because... God damn it, Such that movie a great is movie. so fucking awesome. It's so awesome. Man, that moment in that movie when she like looks at the at the demon and she goes, don't go. Oh, that's Holy so sad. shit. And yeah. just so fucked up, too. Yeah. God, it's good. But yeah, Sabrina, it's uh, it's an enjoyable watch. It's it's topical, but at the same time, like the evil stuff is really fucking evil, and the way uh-huh. Satan looks in it is awesome. I hope they're dealing with all the biggest witch topics. Yeah? Yeah, like, um, you know... Dunking, cool, uh-huh. not cool. Right, right. Potions, right. Should, right, do them. Yeah, d- definitely. There's not really a debate there. Right, just, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just kind potions of do them is yeah. the topic. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of a short little bump in an episode. Right. Yeah, <laughs> ladies, potions. Let's go. 
Yep. Okay. And like, oh yeah, that's a thing witches do. Yeah. There's no there's no baby mashing in it that I recall. Oh, that's not real witchery. But again, they gotta leave something for season How two. How are they gonna fly? Good if you question. don't mash up a baby. Yeah. Actually I'm trying to remember if there is any flying in this one, now that I think about it. So maybe they get to that later. They learn it in year two. Yeah. Episode one, season two, mm-hmm. Sabrina mashes a baby. <laughs> yeah. And then on Twitter, hashtag baby mash just goes hashtag wild. Hashtag baby mash. Hashtag baby mash. Yeah. I like it. I love it a lot. Yeah. So we watched Sabrina. That was pretty good. And also, I watched the old Ghostbusters last night. Who did? What? Yeah. Huh? Bustin' makes me feel good, I dude. hope so. Oh, it makes me feel good. Good. Yeah. That movie still is the shit. Yeah, it's still great. It it's, is the shit. Uh, it's still funny. Still... I I realized when I watched it for the first time as an adult how much weirder it was than when I oh, thought yeah. as a kid. It's very strange. How much do you love the super exuberant red-haired guy that's in the crowds during the last few scenes of the movies? Do you know the guy I'm talking about? No. Dude. It's just a super exuberant red-haired guy. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, he is uh he's wearing like a light-colored suit if I recall. He's got bright red hair and kind of a bowl cut. I think that he he would appear to possibly be gay as a maypole. Oh, okay. And he is extremely exuberant and is like, oh my god, it's them. It's I the love Ghostbusters. the Ghostbusters. Yeah, and he's in like two or three scenes. It's when you know there's like the police barricades and there's all the people lined up to uh-huh. him and stuff. You see him like two or three times within the past. Last, okay, like, I gotta look for this guy now, dude. Once you see him, he will become your favorite character in the movie. <laughs> I want his movie. Every know? director's dream when you're going to shoot a big crowd shot is to have some asshole extra just really hamming it up. Just dialing <laughs> it up to fucking 20. Yeah. You know, that's exactly what this guy did. I will say, <laughs> you know, I was watching the movie and I was like, you know what? This movie's a fucking 10. It is. It's great. It's fucking awesome. But I will say, this time around, Uh-oh. I was watching it with a little bit more critical eye. Yeah. So now you think it's an 11. And it's a 12. Now, oh, there, shit. You know what? There's one thing in the movie that does just make me go, wait, what? Uh-huh. Why? Why? Okay. Okay. What is so it? So there in those last scenes I'm talking about where all the, the, the police barricades, yada, yada. Right. Remember that part where the Ghostbusters are running down the street and then the street like cracks open mm-hmm. and like swallows them up? Right. And it's like, you know, a good 20 seconds or so where they're gone and you're just looking at the cracked street and all the people's faces and then they just kind of get up out of the hole and the, everybody's like yeah and then the movie keeps going <laughs> why is that there? why is that fucking there at all <laughs> and also how amazing would it be how amazing would it be if the whole movie was exactly as it is right and then you got this whole big build up oh my god like you know Gozer is inhabiting this apartment building there's this huge cosmic storm swirling above it and then the Ghostbusters are running in to stop it and then they get swallowed up by the street and they die and that's where the movie <laughs> the ends end. and it's just like the end They're like credits start rolling you're like what then what Zool just takes over yeah exactly Great. yeah I want that cut of the movie <laughs> Because that's such a weird beat in the movie. It is. It makes no sense. No, and it eats up maybe They're about. Like, they haven't. Uh, they haven't dealt with enough adversity. So see how I they guess... deal with holes. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Probably couldn't figure out a hole. <laughs> it's it's definitely just a, a strange thing to have in the movie, and it only eats up like 
45 seconds, maybe a minute worth of time. God, I wonder how much of the budget it ate up, though, to do yeah, that. Yeah, because the effect is awesome when the roads so are cracking. that's probably why they didn't cut it, because they were like, we paid $250,000 to do that or yeah, whatever. Yeah, we're keeping it. Yeah. It doesn't really make much sense. And I maintain, though, dude, the special effects in that fucking movie are still... Yeah, they still look great. Awesome. The librarian scene and stuff with this, uh-huh. the specter of the librarian woman. You can't CGI that shit and make it look better. No, you cannot. You can't. You can't tell me you that CGIing not. that would look better. It it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, no, it still looks great. Every time I've watched it since, like, I'm always just excited that it's on. Mm-hmm. Ghostbusters is awesome. Hell yeah, we'll it is. We'll have to cover it at some point. Oh, dude, fuck yeah, I'd love to. So on today's episode, we're going to be covering uh, yet another Stephen King adaptation. Yeah. I think that we've done, we've done a couple, right? We've done It. Yeah, and um, boy, what else? Yeah, I'm trying to remember, because we haven't done The Shining yet. No, we haven't. We haven't done Carrie, have we? No. We haven't done Pet Cemetery. Maybe this is our second Stephen, because we've talked about Stephen King a lot. Yeah. Throughout the time, but yeah, maybe wow. this might just be our second. Ste- we did the uh, Haunting of Hill House recently, where we talked about Stephen King more than we talked about Shirley Jackson. Probably, wrote it. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Here, I would have thought a horror podcast, eighty something episodes in. Yeah, there's so many Stephen King movies. Yeah, there's so many yet to go. Yeah, what a wild world of horror we oh, have. Oh, baby, baby, it's a wild <laughs> world. <laughs> Let's say, other than The Shining, do you have a favorite King adaptation? Um, Because The Shining, obviously, yeah, is the best one. Obviously. I like Carrie. I like, Carrie's really good. I like Christine. Yeah. That's a John good Carpenter, one. That man. Get, yeah, that one gets overlooked a lot. That Dope was a good soundtrack one. on mm-hmm. that, too. And cool special effects in that, too. But I think the, I mean, the best Stephen King adaptations are probably Shawshank and The Green Mile, really. Okay, yeah. Yeah. No. I was just thinking Strictly Horror. But the Strictly Horror ones... Yeah, um, The Shining is the best one for yeah. sure. Oh, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, I really, you know, I want to say something like Carrie. I really enjoy the original Carrie yeah, it's a lot. Good. Pet Cemetery is is not a great movie, but it's, it's fun. Yeah, you know, it's enjoyable. That new It. It's probably the best. It actually might be the best. Yeah. It really, really, really might be. Other I mean, than The Shining. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. If we're excluding The Shining. The new It. Yeah. I you know, think you're right, yeah. I watched that last night again for the first time since theaters. Oh, okay. And it's still fucking awesome. Yeah, my wife and I have watched it a couple times together. Yeah. It's great. I, I really could critique it. it. You know, it's like I could be like, oh, there's just a bunch of jump scares in it. And, and sure I there are. And I don't love a lot of the special effects. I remember we were talking about that a while back, like uh-huh. the, the flute playing lady painting with the cup, the curvy weird oh, face. You like that. I love like that. that. Yeah, yeah, that really, that really uh, unsettled me. But yeah, you're right. It, it didn't does. do it for me personally. It is, uh, it is odd. Yeah. It, do, it doesn't look natural. Right. But yeah. it's just such a fun watch. It is. It's just great. fun to watch. Like to Finn me, Wolfhard's awesome. All the yeah. kids in it are great in it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, it just has that same kind of thing that I think of whenever, you know, I'm imagining movies like some of the Elm Street stuff and some of the Friday the 13th stuff where I'm like, this is just fun and I can put this on anytime and watch it. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely very, it's very dark and very fucked up. Yes, it is. In a lot of ways, but it's just so appealing that I actually think that might be one of the best King adaptations. And of course, the heart of King's horror lies in his villains. Villains. He's written quite a lot of good ones in the past and some not very good ones. And Steve, 
I'm really dying to find out. Before we get into the review portion of the movie, let's just step into the old preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace. Steve, I want us to find out which Stephen King villains we are. This is a quiz on Zimbio written by one J.J. Duncan. Duncan. The so-called J.J. Duncan. Mm, So-called. I'll be the judge of that. Let's kick this quiz off right here, and I'm really gonna hope my phone doesn't just take a huge shit. So, I have like I have an iPhone six plus that's about five years old. Yeah, and so Apple's making it not work anymore. I mean, all of that yeah. stuff is completely fucking true. It is. It like, is true. I updated a bunch of my apps the other day, and my phone instantly started running like it was a ninety year old right. man as a phone. Makes sense. It's fucking horrible. All right, Steve, what do we got first here? Which of these might be your preferred method for luring someone into a false sense of security? Ah, I like this. Okay. Uh-huh. Stay out of sight until they forget about you. Mm-hmm. Be cute. Look unimpressive so people will ignore you. Be funny and get them to like you. Okay, that's easy. I'm going to be funny and get them to like me. Because that, you know, that's one of those one of those things that I'll tell you how, mm-hmm. I think how I learned to get on people's good side. Yeah. Is because I hate when things are awkward so much. Right. So this is one of those things that I really learned, especially whenever I started like teaching guitar lessons all the time. Huh. And especially when you're dealing with like kids, but even a lot of adults and teenagers stuff, they're just very nervous. Yeah. Very awkward. And yeah. it, it makes it hard. It makes it hard for them to learn. And it also makes it really hard for them uh, uh, to teach them. Yeah. Whenever people are very nervous. Yeah, you got to get people uh, settled in. Absolutely so. Yeah. So one of those Humor things... Humor is the best way to do that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. And especially if it's self-deprecating, people love that right away. Yeah. So it's one of those things I learned early on. If you want to get on somebody's good side, just make them laugh a little bit. Just give them a, give them a little bit of a rib tickler. Yeah, give them one of them. <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm going to be cute, man. That, I'm going to lure them in like this. You ain't this. even trying. Okay. You ain't even trying. Oh hi! You turn to that that thing you're like it's it's you, it's you. Yeah, and they're just like oh oh, then they just want? melt. I'm over here melting into my chair right now. I get it. We're Ooh. gonna be floating out of this room. I'm just a pool. Mm-hmm. All right, Steve. Why are you so tortured? Right. Is it because something sick has taken root in your brain? Oh, I hope not. Is it because no one likes or understands you? Hmm. Aw. Because you have to hide who you really are. Right. Or because the world is awful and you want to get away from it. Okay. Well, I would say because the world is awful and I want to get away from it, mostly because those other things aren't true. Yeah, okay. Right. But the world is awful sometimes and I do want to get away from it sometimes. There's a lot of awful in the world yeah. right now. I'll tell you that. Yep. I'll tell you. I, I used to think that there was always kind of like the same level of bad stuff. To good stuff. Like yeah. there was an actual balance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And... You know, it's like as populations grow, well, of course, there's more mm-hmm. bad stuff. But it's still equally amount of good stuff. I actually think there's more bad stuff now. There's way more bad stuff than good stuff. Yeah, I am pretty fucking sure. Yeah. That's kind of a bummer. It is. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to say, I wouldn't say that I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm a tortured individual. But if I was, I would say it would be because something sick has taken root in that my brain. That must be it. That would be the only explanation. I'm pretty sure. Like, And yeah. I think it would be something that I, I get in my own head about. Right. You know what I mean? And drive myself crazy with. I go totally loco. I do that all the time. Yeah. So yeah. I think that w- I think that would be how I would yeah. fall into that one. Ben, how well do you function in daylight? All right. Just fine. 
Or I prefer the night. I like the nightlife. You like to boogie? Yeah, on the disco round. Oh, okay. Yeah. She's a lesbian. That song is all about being a lesbian. Do what? Yeah, seriously. Uh, I remember blowing my friend Becky's mind when she was listening to Melissa Etheridge's Come to My Window. Oh, yeah. Just by saying, she's singing that to a woman. Oh, yeah. And Becky was just like, oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You don't think about it automatically. If you're heterosexual and you hear a love song, you just assume it's to the opposite side. It's about a bar. Yeah. Boys, boy, boy, boy. I definitely prefer the night. I, I also prefer the night. Yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna have to double up yeah, on that. Yeah, there's one, only man. two answers, and that's absolutely true. I do not handle daylight just fine. And it's really weird, man, because I uh, I'm one of those people that's definitely very like solar powered. Where if I don't get enough sunlight, that's especially when I start getting real like bummed out all the time. Right. So I gotta have that sunlight and get my vitamin D on and all that jazz. Yeah. But especially like this time of year. You know, like here in November in Tennessee, it's getting dark around 5, 30, or 6 right. already, you know? And I, I, I hate that yeah. because the days are short. But I'm not going to wake up at like 5 in the morning Fuck, to no. see the sun. Yeah, also it's fucking freezing out there. Yeah, get out of here with that. Also, what's up with us having winter in the fall? I hate that. Yeah. You know? It's been freezing here lately. We, we, we've, uh, you might... Uh, Maybe you've heard of climate change. No, no, no. How it causes just dramatic your fake news weather. Oh, sorry, your fake news, man. I ain't having it. But then it gets worse too when like we get into like to me, especially the worst time of year is like January, February. Oh, when you're yeah. done with the holidays. And everything's just ugly. Everything's fucking ugly. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's the thing is at that point. I actually like the fact that it gets dark so early. Yeah, because you don't have to see the ugly-ass shit outside. Exactly, right. Because yeah. like, with the hours that I usually keep, it's like I only have to look at that ugly shit for you know, five or six hours. And a dark forest, no leaves, looks really cool at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely that. So at that point, I'm okay with it. But like right now... God, I fucking hate. I hate being awake. Yeah, <laughs> I want to be. It's the worst. Yeah, awake in the daytime. I meant to say. Uh-huh. Maybe there's a Freudian slip. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. What do you tend to get obsessed about? Right. Toys. I guess like the Robin Williams movie, right? Yep, the Robin Williams movie. Toys. Everyone loves that one. It's not a fun movie, really. It's not. Does that one have LL Cool J in it? Does no, it? No. No. Okay. It's, yeah. No. I'm thinking of a different movie. But it does have uh, Joan Cusack, doesn't it? I think that's right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And Michael Gambon is in it. No shit. Yeah. You remember a lot more about this movie than I do. Well, because uh, uh, I remember... How did this get made? It did an episode on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. What else? Okay. I was taking a big old sip of beer right there. (laughs) (laughs) How about spirituality or the occult? Your favorite books slash movies slash TV shows. Right. Beautiful objects. Oh. Or animals like Elvira. Elvira. <laughs> um, I I mean, my favorite TV shows and movies. Yeah. That's what I obsess about. Right on. All the time, yeah. That's a good call. I think of these and again this would go back to like whatever got me tortured. I think I would say spirituality or the occult. I've always been really fascinated by yeah. stuff. I know that like I wish it was real. <laughs> I want to believe. Yeah, I really do. That would be so fun. Well, I know that as a, scary. as a kid, like my obsessive nature paired with like growing up very Christian. Yeah. I would say was extremely unhealthy for my mental state. 
Like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go ahead. Yeah, and, it doesn't sound good for no, anybody's mental health. No, uh-uh. And uh, you know, as a result of that, I tend to get really obsessed too about like occult stuff and all that jazz. So, wow. Yeah, and like you know, serial killer. Well, like we talked about, I go yeah, rabbit holes of dark way stuff. into all that stuff. Yeah. It's just cool. So yeah, that, that would be my answer. Okay. How likely would you be to get away with murder Ooh. if you were on a police procedural like CSI? Okay. Well, if you were on CSI, you wouldn't get away with murder because that's how every episode of CSI ends. Yeah, yeah. With them solving it. So, Absolutely. It's like Scooby-Doo for grown-ups. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they'd be on to me by the first commercial break. Okay. I'd probably get tripped up by some little detail and get caught. I know what they look for on those shows, and I could totally get away with it. I wouldn't even try to hide it was me. Just try and catch me. <laughs> I would like to say that I know what they look for on those shows and I could totally get away with it because that's the kind of like, that's the kind of mentality I have whenever I'm like trying to watch something and figure out what's going to happen. Right. Or even like when you're figuring out how, how games work, mm -hmm. you know, where it's like, you've given me two true answers. The next one's going to be a false. Like figuring out the game as you're playing the okay. game is something that I really like doing. But I am also uh, really absent-minded and shit. So I know I'd probably get tripped up on some little detail and get caught. Like I would forget something really obvious. Like I leave the stove on at the house. I'd, I'd like kill somebody and be yeah. like, "Well, I should probably make a cup of coffee or something." Right. And then I'd leave the stove on. You know, <laughs> I'd do something like that. My wife's answer would be, "I know what they look for on those shows, and I could totally get away with it because she loves her some forensic files and other." Oh yeah other forensic type of shows she knows what they're looking for um i however if i, I if i i assume if i murdered somebody it's because i got absolutely 100 percent angry with them yeah or they attacked me the crime of passion so they'd be on to me by the first commercial break <laughs> i'd be like yeah i killed the motherfucker he's a shit and i hope it burns in hell yeah and they'd be like what did he do he said my ramen wasn't good. <laughs> Fuck him. Yeah, that was enough. Dude, I'm, I'm over here laughing. And I'm still getting like the chest congestion shit. Yeah. It's horrible. And I, it's because I walked around outside yesterday for a few yeah, hours. Yeah, I've had some real sinus pressure the past few days. Good it's Lord not fun. All right, Steve. Why might someone want to talk to you? Okay. Huge dick isn't even on here. Wow. Neither is normal. <laughs> normal dick's not yeah. on here well now i don't know <laughs> because you're a natural leader okay to try and break you out of your shell mm -mm. because you look like a lot of fun <laughs> or because you know so much about books slash tv slash movies mm, okay well i don't look like a lot of fun i've had this happen before where somebody will in the grocery store will need to get by me or something yeah and then i'll smile at them and then they'll have this like nervous reaction where they were like oh i thought you were gonna murder me oh right. now i'm not sure if you're going to or not right yeah, yeah. So, are, are you at the point now where like you can tell what brand of of mace they used on you yeah and stuff? yeah like oh okay yeah that's i know that one <laughs> that's bear mace uh i i would i would say it's because i know so much about books movies tv maybe right on you do know a lot i know a bit yeah. you even got a podcast i know a little bit I'm going to go with because I look like a lot of fun. I don't know that I really do. You do. You look like a lot of fun. Well, the thing is, is, you know, I, I tend to wear my interests on my t-shirts very often. Mm -hmm. 
You know, so most of my wardrobe is just like, oh, here's fucking various band here's, shirts. Here's something or, we could talk about if you approach me. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. And again, it, it goes back to that whole, yeah. I hate it when things are awkward. So here, just talk about what's on my fucking shirt. Right. Whatever. So I have like a lot of movie shirts and fucking uh-huh. shit like that. So I'm I think fine that with things being awkward. So I yeah. don't advertise anything except for Harry Potter. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, so you got the next. I'm decided I'm going to run away from you. How far am I going to get? Okay, so you're going to run away from me. Yep. Okay. Not far. All right. You might outrun me. As far as you like. Damn. Run all you like. It won't make any difference in the end. I'm going to go with run all you like. It won't make any difference in the end. Because ultimately, Steve. I know where you're going. Well, even if it's of old age, you're going to fucking die. (laughs) That's true. You're going to get yours, Mr. Man. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) So even so, if it's not by my hands. So you're not saying this in a sinister way. You're saying this in a very laid back way where you're like, you know what? It'll all turn out okay. He'll die of old age anyway. <laughs> Fuck him. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I'm looking at that one. I'm going to say, um, uh, as far as you like, you'll definitely outrun me. Okay. And I can just keep on running until I might fall off a cliff or... Yeah, you can go as far as you like. Run into traffic or something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> I understand that. All right. What kind of sleep schedule do you keep? I'm an early riser. I have to be dragged out of bed. I sleep when I like. I'm more of a day sleeper. Day sleeper. <laughs> or I don't sleep much. Where are you at? I sleep when I like. Um, yeah? I try to keep a schedule, but honestly, if um, I'm riding or something and I'm really into something, I will just not sleep for yeah. periods of time. And then I'll sleep for like 15 straight hours. That sounds awesome. It is. It's not healthy, yeah. but it is pretty great to not have to set that sort of schedule. That reminds me of, uh, we started watching that fourth season of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh-huh. And I think in like the first or second episode, uh, Kimmy wakes Titus up. Uh-huh. And he, he's immediately super pissed. And he's like, you know, I hate waking up at times. Yeah. <laughs> I love Titus <laughs> and, so and it cracked much. me up. And then I was like, you know what? That's exactly, that's me too. Uh-huh. I hate times. waking up at times. Yeah, Any like, times. Having a him. deadline for my sleep? Ugh. Fuck all of that, it's dude. It's the worst. And as a result of that, I have to be dragged out of bed, man. Mm-hmm. I, I swear, dude, I will sleep indefinitely. If yeah. I don't have an external force or an alarm or something like that, I'm a shoulder sleep. I sleep on my sides, yeah. and the thing that it eventually ends up waking me up is that both of my shoulders are sore. Oh yeah, yeah. Like after a while, no matter how much you turn, they're both just like, okay, no, fuck you. You yeah. gotta get up. Do you ever do the sleep strategies where you do stuff to help yourself wake up in the morning, like setting, you no. know, setting your alarm like halfway across the room or anything like that? Oh, I mean, I used to in school. Yeah. I would do stuff like that all the time. Um, I hate it. I fucking hate it. I, like, I would get up, walk across the room, and then curl up back with my phone. Yeah, go back to bed. bed angry. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why did I do that to myself? That was stupid. I've done that very, very, very many times. Because yeah. it might get me out of bed, but it won't wake me up. No. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> I've had so many times, dude, where it's like, you know, Kate comes home for lunch at like noon, and I'm still asleep. It's fine. Well, it's, for you, right? It's, I mean, well, no, because it's like if I went to bed at like two, then I've gotten like ten hours of oh, sleep. Oh, I mean, well, and I have just I've slept and in my sleep turned my alarm off more times than I can tell you. Yeah. And sometimes it's bad when there's like you have to catch a fucking flight. 
Well, yeah, that's a problem. For yeah, sure. like Home Alone, we slept but in. That, because of that, because of my weird just whenever I feel like sleeping, I'll sleep. And whenever I feel like just staying up, I'll stay up. Yeah. Um, whenever I do actually have to get up for something, I can't sleep. Oh, because yeah. Oh, I'm that's worried the worst. about I do that it shit the too. whole time. Yep. I'm I like, fucking oh, hate yeah. that so much, man. <laughs> it's the worst. So having a flight... That just means I'm not sleeping the yeah. night before. And I can't sleep on a plane, so I'm just sitting there like, well, I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'll do the old uh, the old self-sabotage where, like, I will, if I know I've got to, got to wake up and, like, get my ass out of bed, I'll totally chug, like, a liter of water before bed. Oh, God. So you keep waking up having to pee. Yeah. So it's like uh, when that alarm goes off at 8 or whatever, I'm like... Oh God! And they're like, God. "Oh God, I gotta pee! Yeah. I gotta get out of this bed." Yeah, it's like that's the only way that I can really motivate myself to get my fucking ass out of bed. Hey, if it works, I hate it, man. All right, what do we got next? How good are you at hiding? Oh, I'm the hide and seek champion. Okay, I'm terrible at hiding. I'm more of a sneak up and scare kind of person. Okay, I don't need to hide. People already treat me like I'm invisible. Oh, man. Oh, damn. Don't emo. go There's like yourself. a bunch of Jeez. emo answers on this yeah. fucking thing. Does, is there an emo Stephen King character? <laughs> you know what? I think I am going to... I'm going to go with I'm the hide-and-seek champion. Are you? I'm not really, but I, I do have a way of... Anytime there's like a, a party or a family gathering, disappearing. Yeah, I, ha- I can I can do that to an huh. extent, All and right. just have a little moment of peace, which I think I'm definitely going to need this Thanksgiving season. <laughs> it is approaching, and uh, I think there may be blood on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm terrible at hiding. I love hide and seek, mm-hmm. but I'm terrible at both hiding and finding. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't, I don't know why, like, I'll find a place and be like, no way they'll find me uh, on the roof. And it's like, of course they'll find you on the roof. Everyone can <laughs> see the roof. Yeah. But my kid brain would always do that. I'd hide up in trees and stuff. And it's yeah. like, yeah, you're right over no, there I can in see the him. tree. I see you. Like, well, you're thinking that people act in real life like they do in horror movies where you're going, look up, look up. Yeah. And they never do. I think that was a lot of it. Or yeah. like video games where mm-hmm. you can easily hide just by being behind a bush. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but like everybody can see you. Metal Gear Logic. Yeah. You like that song Hide and Seek by an Imogen. Oh my God. are we? That song what is so fucking sad. It's very sad. It, it, especially when she sings that real high note. Yeah. It just tears my soul out. Dude. Me too. I, it's one of those songs I can't really listen to it. It's, really? It's kind of too emotional. I had yeah, yeah I have it on a uh, a CD mix that I made for my wife well, long, long ago. Yeah. And the entire mix is very sad because there's no way you can put that in a mix with other songs without every other song around it being sad oh yeah yeah Yeah. definitely so is it like a a weird a weird mixtape that you give to a girl when you want to make her cry Um, listen to this bitch (laughs) was it that aggressive no i just i would make uh i would make cd mixes based off of one song and it was based off of that song okay and so like it, it would just be a challenge for me where i'd be like okay how can i fit this song into a mix with a bunch of other songs and then by the time I was done with it, I was like, 
oh, there's no way yeah. to do this without it being entirely depressing. So now whenever you get mad at her, you're like, go listen to your CD. Yeah, go put that fucking CD in. Don't leave the room until I hear Butterfly by Weezer play. <laughs> you know that song? No. Dude, it's, it's on Pinkerton. Is it? Okay. Holy I don't know Pinkerton shit. at all. Oh, no way. I don't know. My wife loves it. Dude, Pinkerton is amazing. Yeah, I hear it. It's so fucking good. That song, Butterfly... Is so goddamn depressing. Oh no! Holy shit! Even just like read the lyrics sometimes. Okay. And you'd be like, "Wow, fuck life." I guess <laughs> it is brutal, man. Damn. So, uh, what are you saying there, Ben? Oh, you said you're the hide and seek champ. I think so. All right. Okay. Yeah, I think so. So, right. where are we at? How hard would it be to turn you to the dark side? Oh shit! I'm already there. Uh huh. Not very hard. Okay. Some serious trauma or mental interference would have to happen. Right. Or I would have to be completely disconnected from who I am now. Okay. I mean, turn to the dark side. I assume for me, the dark side would be that I don't care about uh, other people anymore. Full blown Christianity. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It would take. <laughs> it would take. I, get, I, I would have to be completely disconnected from who I am now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, I think for myself, I think uh, again going back to what I was saying a second ago about getting in my own head about stuff. I think some serious trauma or mental interference would have to happen. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that would that would trigger me to go down the dark path. That would that would do it. The path of night. Well, Ben. I got Gage Creed. Yeah, your Gage, little Gage. You over there sl- slicing Achilles and looking creepy as hell. Being allergic to trucks. <laughs> he was <laughs> allergic to trucks. Just a severe truck allergy. Uh, it says here, innocent, playful, and sometimes absent-minded, especially about traffic. Oh, oh, damn. There's poor a truck taste. Yeah. Everyone thinks you're a total sweetheart, but after a night in the ground, then we'll see. Damn. It's enough to turn anyone into a stealthy, sadistic, tendon-slashing killer. You ever read the book? Uh, Pet Cemetery? Pet Cemetery, yeah. No. It's okay. Kate just listened to it on audiobook, so I got to kind of rehear some yeah. of it. I am apparently Pennywise. Okay. The dancing clown, Georgie. Playful and funny at first. You're a game player who lures in unsuspecting victims only to turn on them after it's far too late to get away. Really, oh, though, they should know better. Who trusts a clown looks like that? That is a good question. I mean, you know, the, who trusts a clown? Fuck clowns. Get out of here. They're awful. Man, I bet we have a, a clown listener right now. <laughs> He's just typing just up weeping. a furiously bad review. Yeah. <laughs> I was really into the... Salem's Lot episode until they started talking about clowns. <laughs> Fuck these liberals. They were bashing Trump. I was on board, but then they started bashing clowns. Fuck these guys. <laughs> Anti-clown motherfuckers. Anti-clown. Anti-clown. <laughs> Steve, I think that we should probably have another beer here yeah, before we, we get into the review portion. Why don't, we, you, why don't you tell us about what that thing is out there? Right here we got a blind pirate mm. from Monday Night Brewing. It is a blood orange IPA. It's from Atlanta, Georgia. And it's from our listener, Brandon Wood. Brandon Wood done gave it to us. Uh-huh, he sure did because... It's a Brandon Wood joint. That it is. He thought that it's being a blood orange based beverage would be perfect for a month of vampirism. Oh, I tend to agree. Yeah, vampires love blood oranges. Wordplay. There's a tie-in They right love wordplay as well. He also gave us a uh, a Red Hook 
like Longbow IPA. Oh, okay. I already drank that. You some bitch. That's right. Because, uh, as we're going to discover as we get into our later beers in this episode, my house is currently infested with like leftover Halloween party beer, which just means a bunch of like bullshit, yeah. like normal ass stuff. Yep. And uh, because of our lack of fridge space, it's been declared that we must consume all this crappy, ordinary beer before I get anything new. So, uh, yeah, I already drank that. Right? Yeah. But let's find out about this guy. Let's see what this thing is looking like right here. I've never had this one before, but I've had some other things from... Monday Night? Yeah, and they made some really good stuff. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, they this made... will be my first Monday Night Brew. Really? They made one IPA that I had that I really liked. Are you ready really for liked. <laughs> I think that it it might have had like funk in the name. I can't remember. It was like oh, okay. a a funky like hazy IPA. Funky Cold Medina. That was the one. Oh, okay. And it was good. I'm just happy to be drinking like good beers at home because again I've been drinking all these just bullshit ass. Oh, whoa. Is that good? Yeah. You're on board. Yep. I'm telling you, they do good things. Yeah. You said they're out of Atlanta. Um, anybody out there, by the way, who wants to steal my current idea Ooh. for an IPA name? Funky Cold Madipa. Oh. Go ahead and do it. I'm not going to brew it. I like that. Yeah. I think that's a good name. What is the the, the percent on this thing? It tastes strong, Steve. It it's is. It's a 7.4. Oh, damn. And uh, that's that's strong, really yeah. fucking good. It has like a real distinct like double IPA flavor it to does. me. It does. It's got that brown sugary malty mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's kicking. It's I'm not too it. juicy. Yeah, it's not it's, too sweet, and uh, it's only a slight hint of the blood orange. Yeah, yeah. Instead of it being overpowering flavor. Meg Gusta, thanks, Brandon, and yeah, thanks, thanks to lot, any other listener who wants to send us beer. Yeah, let us know. Do that. It's uh, you know, really, beer is just another expense when it comes to making a podcast. So, if you guys want to help us out, that'd be cool. Drop we'll us a message it. on any of our of our platforms, and we'll send you an address to send us some shit to. Don't poison it, please. Thank you for not poisoning beer. <laughs> so, we're going to be talking about Sam's Lot, and Steve, let me ask you first of all, is this the first time you've seen this joint? No, I uh, I know that I saw it as a younger man. Yeah? I remember renting the double cassette. Oh, no shit. Yeah, it was a double cassette so back that was in like, the day. That was like... Oh my god, that was probably enough tape to wrap around the entire earth like twice. Oh, absolutely. Wow. You'd go through two VCRs by the end of it. (laughs) Yeah, I remember. Do you remember back in the day, like, how many VCRs your family went through? Sometimes they would tear up. We had had one when I was a kid that I actually remember was, was a good one. Like yeah. there's that age of, of electronics in when the late seventies. When they first 70s. came out, yeah, yeah, that were actually like dope. Like we yeah, had they made a, them of real metal and yeah. like made sure all the stuff actually worked. And the thing is, is I think the only reason that we had it and that we could afford it is because I'm pretty sure my parents had all that stuff before they had kids. Oh yeah, you know that's they how kids, that works. We were fucking broke. Yeah. <laughs> but I was born into like all of our parents, all of our, our baby boomer parents had like a sick rack system stereo. Oh yeah, because like you could work for two days and make more money than you would need to pay for your rent. Correct. For a year. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. you you work on Monday to pay for your semester of college. Or, or that, that's what I'm sorry. That's what they call hard work. Yeah, it's hard work. Hard work is when you get paid enough money to live. Yeah. 
work today is that millennial work where you complain right. about it just because you don't get paid enough to live. Yeah, and your hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt yeah. with student loans yeah. that for your parents a, told you to get. An education that you don't use for your job. Correct. Yeah, yeah that's right. Because your parents still have those jobs because they won't fucking retire. We should mention that uh, tons and tons of people making fun of Ocasio-Cortez, the uh, yeah, yeah. young... 28 year old senator now from New York who can't afford to move to D.C. Uh, Have you thought about fuck you? (laughs) You know why she can't afford to do that? (laughs) Because she's not rich and poor people deserve representation. And every fucking person that voted for Trump because he's not one of them. Yeah. Guess what? She's not one of them. Yeah. (laughs) She's broke. She's absolutely, (laughs) literally not one of them. And people are just like, Making fun of her, like she didn't prepare for what if she right. won? Like no, the world she is prepared. Her preparation now. was it's gonna suck. I'm not gonna have enough money to do it. Yeah, but <laughs> I still want to participate in politics. So right now, if there is a a baby boomer clown that's listening to the show, he is like raging at this point. Yeah, he's like, all right, that's enough <laughs> that's of quite this. Quite enough of that, boys. But there are no other horror podcasts to listen to. So I am forced to continue. <laughs> That's what he says. He did say that. Yeah. So you would you'd watch this before and Yeah, I remember I didn't remember it being that long. I knew yeah. it was two tapes. But like I guess when you're a kid, like well, I was gonna say when you're a kid you can sit through that easily. But that's not true. I no. guess I just I guess because uh, we were just kids that were obsessed with horror movies that yeah. we were just like, Yeah, whatever, three hours, no big deal. Yeah, cool, we'll watch it, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you like it more or less now watching it under the critical eye of a podcast? I actually liked it more now really? because I didn't really remember it from watching it as, as a youngster. Okay. Yeah. Um, and all I remembered was I really liked the way the vampire looked. Mm-hmm. So that that's always been a thing for me oh, yeah. is that I like Salem's Lot because the vampires were like ugly and it was a different sort of thing. It was totally. you know, Nosferatu type of vampire. Yeah, yeah. And then, ladies and gentlemen, Uncle Ben and Hollywood Steve continued recording for probably at least another 45 minutes before they realized that the logic session had somehow stopped recording audio, unbeknownst (laughs) to them. Yay! (laughs) So we're going to be trying to repeat ourselves. Um, I'm going to tell you guys what, though. The way the episode was going... It was great. It, it was, was it was a 20 out of 10. We it was going so well, I didn't look up and notice that logic had stopped. You so. were just staring deeply into my mm-hmm. eyes. Our footsie yep. game under the table it was, was on, on point. point. Uh, we have since drank several beers. That is true. <laughs> we, we didn't get to bitch it. Then we just had a uh, Samuel Adams black lager because we're trying to get rid of a bunch of cheap beers. Yep, leftover Halloween beers, and it's it's okay. That was a great story we told. Oh, you're going to miss that one. Man, I'm telling you, dude. The Hulk Hogan thing. Oh, my God, it was amazing. Right. It was amazing. But, you know, you guys will never know. Damn it, computers. That's really sucks. Computers. It was a good episode, but we're going to try to to re-deliver... We can do it. For you guys. Hell yeah. We, we ain't the fucking champs for nothing. Hey, you know what you can do once you've made something and then you have to go back and sort of redo it? You can edit yourself. I mean, that's why parents have two kids. 
Yep. Yeah. They can fix what they <laughs> fucked up with the first one. <laughs> so we'll see if we can do that with this. Now, yeah. Steve, where we left off, you were talking about how you had watched this yeah, a couple um, times as a young dude. Yeah. Um, I remember... You like the vampire design, The vampire etc. Yeah. Um, and I do remember enjoying this movie as a kid. I, I do enjoy it more now as a, an adult, but yeah. I still like... As a kid, I had more patience with it than I do now as an adult. Right, um, right, right. Yeah, and I... It's I very watched, slow. Yeah, that is the biggest thing about this movie. And I, and I watched it, I think for the first time, probably four or five years ago. And then I watched it again for the podcast. Uh-huh. And so I've only seen it a couple times. And I got to say, it was probably thrilling when you saw it on TV in two parts in 1979. Is that correct? Yeah, 79. November 17th and 24th of 79. So they watched it in a vampire as well. Yeah, it definitely would have been a super exciting event to, you know, be able to watch this up and coming Stephen King. Yeah, yeah, he was just then making a name for himself. Yeah, he, you know, and uh, Carrie had been really popular right. and stuff. So, yeah, it would have been a real exciting thing. And especially the way this movie is kind of split up, you kind of, in the first hour and a half, you finally see um, our, our major vampire, Barlow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You the master. The master vampire. Oh, and see, they're not going to hear our great riff. On how yep. you get a master's degree in vampirism. Yeah, exactly. He started off as an associate's vampire, uh-huh. moved on to bachelor vampire. Yeah. And we came up with Dr. Vampire, even wrote it down. His student debt is killing him. <laughs> oh, man, it's just murdering him. He owes him. them uh, four quarts of blood a week at this point. Well, here's the thing, though, about vampire student loans, is right? they know you're functionally immortal. Yeah, so th- you're never going to get loan forgiveness. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. they're going to charge you as high of an interest rate as they damn well want. You've got eternity to pay it off, buddy. What's it to you? Yeah, and what are you going to do? Go to the cops? Listen, I'm a vampire. I was in vampire Not college. Happening. The cops are going to be like, all right, get him out uh-huh. That ain't happening at yeah. all, man. Not <laughs> happening. Yeah, so it was probably pretty exciting to see this on TV. Of course, we live now in the, in the golden age of serial storytelling where right. we have... Game of Thrones now telling us a damn hundred hour long story. And we're like, give me more of that. Yeah. More time well, with those characters. I mean, listen, since, you know, the seventies when people were really trying to make these uh longer narrative shows. Yeah. And a lot most of them ended up being mini series, I would say. Yeah. But uh there've been there've been some perfections. People have sure. found ways to do it better. They've found ways yeah, definitely. to uh, shorten the storytelling time so that you can take an hour episode and just throw a ton of shit into it. Yeah, people can keep up with it. And people can keep up. Right. Yeah, whereas back in 79, uh, people were used to a 22-minute episode that had a resolution. Yeah. And that's just how shows work. Yeah, so exactly. Exactly. These type of miniseries really paved the way for yeah. bigger things like Game of Thrones. And it's like you said, they definitely did influence and inspire a lot of things that would then later, mm. I mean, in some cases, blatantly redo some of the scenes from this. Like that yeah. scene at the end of The Lost Boys where we got uh dude getting impaled on all the, the antlers yeah. and stuff and the, that hang on the wall. The scene it's where exactly they're from floating this. outside the window, sort of scratching at the window. Right. Exactly from this. Yeah. And then Fright Night as well. Yeah. So much of Fright Night is taken directly from this. The, Definitely. The, the moving of the vampire into the cellar. The uh the way that their that opening room is set up with the staircase and the Oh, uh, it's exactly the same, yeah. Uh, yeah, the stained glass window. That's all exact 
it's all exactly the same. Yeah. So yeah, this is uh, this is a very influential and honestly before this, all the vampire movies that existed were all some variation of Dracula, basically. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there were some Italian. Uh, you know, lesbian vampire type of things yeah. that were Sexy way more vampires. about sex, yeah, <laughs> than they were about vampires. Yeah, but, but this this took it in a different direction and uh, brought it to America. Yeah, which exactly. Is something you pointed out. Yeah, exactly. That's something that I'm curious about. Is if this is the first time in you know a major vampire story if we've seen vampires in the New World because that's just such yeah. an inherently European tale of the yeah. vampire. You know? I mean, even when uh, Anne Rice does it yeah. in an interview with a vampire, yeah, exactly. the vampires are mostly in old world. New Orleans. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. So they're <laughs> even in the old world in the new world. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But this is in Maine. Right. Um, like, town near the Canadian border, north of Castle Rock mm-hmm. and Derry. Oh, is that uh, so? Yeah. I mean, on the... Uh, the the maps I looked at. Okay, I, I don't I don't know. I haven't read all of Stephen King stuff. I can't but. remember. Has Stephen King ever set any other stories in Maine? Oh, um, well, <laughs> Dairy Maine, which he created, <laughs> is the place where it is set. Yeah, the Castle Rock, of course. Uh, set setting of the Castle Rock TV series, but also setting of several other things. Lots and lots of yeah. other things. Now I can't remember. Has Stephen King ever written a story where? I don't know. Maybe he just writes what he knows. Maybe a writer is the main character. You know what? Strangely enough, and this is real weird for Stephen King, but a writer is the main character. Wow. It's weird. A writer in Maine? Unheard of. What will he think of next? Yeah. Has he ever done any other stories where there is maybe a house or location that is somehow inherently evil that draws things into it? <laughs> I think every one of them. Yeah. Okay, what about something where a pet dies? Has he done that before? Yes, I think every, if there's a pet okay. in a Stephen King book, it's going to die. It's toast. What about, has there ever been any other King stories other than this one where there's maybe a deceitful woman that's having an affair? Boy, he's real great at writing women. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> women are always deceitful. They're always just, uh, they're up to no good. A lot of times. Yeah. A lot of times. Well, and the most powerful women in yeah. his books are the women who have sex whenever they want to. <laughs> By the lake. Yeah. Where it's gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clammy. Bonnie Bedelia. Yeah. <laughs> well, what about maybe some, I don't know, this has got to be the only Stephen King plot line where there's a drunk guy though <laughs> an alcoholic that never happens no, in his other stories he's never put an alcoholic who is abusive in any of his <laughs> yeah. that's not really his thing no it's not no this is I mean this is early King and this is as Kingy as he can be yeah and at this point maybe these things weren't even King tropes no they were becoming King tropes yeah, yeah this yeah. is the stuff that this is early stuff where he's figuring out like well, let's write what I know. Alcoholic dad, abusive. <laughs> He's Maine. an author in Maine. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, and he would repeat that, of course, many, many more times <laughs> through his career. But yeah, maybe this was early on, so at that point it wasn't quite... Yeah, it wasn't quite as... Uh, tropey. Yeah, quite know? as obvious. And, and, I mean, he's grown since then. The 80s. Yeah. Uh, Stephen King, cocaine in the 80s. Boy, they really all got along together. <laughs> and it's interesting, too, because, you know, these days Stephen King is such a, I think, like, super liberal dude. Yeah, he is. And is very, very, very much into equality and stuff. But back at this time period, just didn't really write a lot of strong women. No. 
end his books. I don't stories. know if he's writing strong women even now, but yeah, he's, he's obviously yeah. supportive, and that's the sure. important part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's you got to overlook sometimes that you know people come from a specific age. I know, I know. Yes, we all. Uh, it was a different time. We we all can say it was a different time, but that that doesn't excuse being an absolute piece of shit. Yeah, but he wasn't an absolute piece of shit. He was just not good at writing females. Yeah, yeah, not exactly. Not good at writing female characters. Uh, that doesn't mean he's a piece of shit. And he is supportive, so that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, the women in this movie are, are pretty useless overall. Yeah, they don't do much of anything except uh, get talked down to by men. Oh, they fuck up the peas, that's for sure. Oh, god, They gosh. fuck up the peas. <laughs> and I like, too, that oh, back Bill. in the 70s, you know, the peas being messed up was something worth being mad at. Yeah. And peas. yeah, mentioning it in front of your guests. <laughs> like, That's I can't silly, believe my dude. wife fucked up the peas. That's so shitty. They're, they're like, real shitty. Letting those people out of their house. He's like, sorry about the peas. She could have done better. Well, like earlier, he was talking about the lady who owned the boarding house when she was younger, how all yeah. the guys wanted to have sex with her. And his wife is like, Bill. Yeah. And then Susan, played by Bonnie Bedelia, Ben's girlfriend uh-huh. uh she's like men and then the mom's like men they're and supposed to be pieces of shit yeah they're just supposed to talk like that in front of their wives and yeah. not care about their wives feelings or emotions <laughs> that's how men that's are. how it goes right oh we love them and dude even the way that like susan's dad Specifically talks to Ben uh-huh. about the ladies in front of the in ladies. In front of them. Instead of just saying things to the women, he says yeah. stuff to Ben that's basically directed at the women. Yeah. Like, you just want to bring Ben into you being an asshole? <laughs> what a jerk. I will say one thing that this movie does really well is I really I really do love the design of the vampires in this. Oh, so great. I, I think like, that they look sick. Yeah, and they, and they do. That's what they look actually like. Actually sick. They look yeah. actually sick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They look like people who have died and yeah. come back to life and need blood. Right. Well, that's the thing that's easy to forget is because in this day and age of like sexy Twilight vampire yeah. and stuff, it's easy to forget these are people who have died. Yeah. They've actually died. Yeah. They're, they're corpses. They shouldn't look great. No. And, and these... These type of vampires, they don't look good. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's because these vampires look so shitty because this is before big necrophilia started putting their lobbyists out there into Hollywood to make sure that dead people looked hot. Yeah. They were like, hey, why don't you make sure they look real hot? Yeah, how about after he dies, he looks better? You ever notice how when some people die, they just look better? No. Uh, no, I haven't noticed that. Here's $20. I have noticed. We haven't raised a lot of money yet. <laughs> We're not a good lobbying group. Just make the dead guy look better in your movie. Just please. Small steps. Here. So back then have they Have you heard could... of cocaine? <laughs> back then they could really show a vampire that looked like a dead piece of shit. And I love how they look. Like, And you kind of get all different shades of this. Because yeah. the people who have been... You know, recently, Taryn, like, there at the very end of the movie, Susan looks the same. Yeah. But that, that again, might be some big necrophilia money. Yeah, they were like, we'll make sure Bonnie Bedelia's still hot. Put, put her in the epilogue, at least, or something. But the recently it's dead $27. people... dollars <laughs> Yeah. We've got some more to go. <laughs> the recently turned people just kind of have, like, the dark circles under their eyes. Like, they yeah. look like they look like vegans. <laughs> and then, <laughs> like they need some, some iron in their body. He needs yeah. some steak. Which is a good look. 
That's what they should yeah. look like. That's probably what they're going for, right? Well, the thing is, is you know what? If they're if they're needing the blood, it might be very iron deficient. They might be kind yeah. of anemic, actually. Uh, and that's what the doctor, Bill, keeps diagnosing that's them with. Correct. Persistent anemia. Yeah. So maybe yeah, maybe this is one of the first to try to actually explain the vampirism in a right. way that makes some, some sort arn. of sense. They should eat spinach instead. Tons of iron. That would help. Yeah, and it definitely would. It would also make them stronger mm-hmm. for fights. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Exactly. And of course, our main vampire in here, Barlow, looks fucking rad. Yeah, he looks fucking awesome. He's I been around a long time. You have to assume that they'll all eventually end up looking like him because he does. Yeah. He does look different than they do. Right. That's something that I wonder is like if the longer you're a vampire, if you start looking more and more Smurf-like, like him. <laughs> Is yeah. very Smurfy. He's he's the Papa Smurf yeah, of is. the village. Yeah. <laughs> but I love his getup. Like I love that he's not wearing the typical suit and tie yeah. and cover bun. Just a black robe. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which you know, like we talked about on other vampire episodes, if you're a vampire and you can't look in the mirror, you don't know what you look like. It's probably pretty hard to dress yourself. So yeah. ultimately, an amorphous black kind of cape thing like he wears. Just Probably fine. your best bet. It's like it's slimming. Yeah. You know, keeps you from the elements. Uh-huh. Keeps people seeing your vampire dick. Right. Yeah. That thing's got to look weird. I bet it does. Yeah, as fucked up as like his face and his fingers yeah. and stuff are. You think it's got teeth too? I bet that thing is fucked up. Oh, no. Damn. Yuck. So I like his look. I love the, the, the flat collar around uh-huh. the neck, the eyes, the contacts and stuff. Yeah, those things... Were apparently problematic. Yeah, well, they're glass. <laughs> Comfort. Yeah, you can only wear them for <laughs> 10 minutes at a time, and then they would have to take them out. And then they also sort of slide around on the eyes, so get the sometimes you get the googly eye effect. <laughs> Which I bet did look hilarious in some it, Yeah, like I would love to see that outtake, him rising up. Out of his coffin, yeah. googly eyes. <laughs> also, his prosthetics were falling off all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm and I'm sure it was hard to like move the hands with the, the yeah long with the fingers long and finger stuff. prosthetic thing yeah. and the fingernails on the yeah like yeah he looks awkward at times. Anytime he has to use his hands or yeah. anything of that sort. But, but he's very photogenic. He photographs yes, great. Still, he looks great. amazing. And mm-hmm. I like how long they wait to like reveal. How fucked up looking he is too. Yeah, we it's pretty long into the movie. Yeah, you there's see a it. long build to actually yeah. seeing him, and this dude, movie does a great job of building tension. It's just that it also loses that tension. That tension will deflate because then they'll cut to a secondary storyline. Yeah, man, that's not exactly important at all. There's like, a lot of just pointless, needless storylines. Story yeah, yeah, dude, exactly. Yeah, that's b- b- between what's it? Fucking boom, boom. Uh, yeah, boom, boom, Bonnie, boom, boom, Bonnie <laughs> uh, Cully, and uh, Fred Willard. Fred Willard. Uh-huh. Hey, what happened? <laughs> I can't do my work. Fred Willard, who is playing a, a serious treasure. role and is great. Yeah. I love Fred Willard. He's hilarious. It's He's weird seeing him play serious. It's strange. Yeah, because I know strange. him from all like the Christopher Guest shit. Because there's like, not and... even a, a hint of a joke no. with him at yeah. all in this. And he actually plays a, a serious role fine yeah he's an actor he's he does good. a good job but, i mean he's way better at comedy and jerking off in and theaters. jerking off in movie theater yeah he's done that before well it was a porn movie theater what do you expect i mean seriously you know there's a guy that comes in to wipe up all the loads yeah yeah like 
That Why guy's is it underpaid. Why illegal to jerk off there? That guy is guy. under. I mean, they yeah. ain't no paying that guy enough. What if they are? What if you went to a porn theater <laughs> and the load wiping guy's like, oh, no, I make $50,000 a year. Got full insurance on me and my kids. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's fucking the best job I've ever had. Yeah. It's easy. <laughs> These porn people pay well. Predictable. Uh-huh. Every day. And if you do thing. anal, you get an extra $10,000 bonus. <laughs> Wait, what? Do anal. <laughs> huh? Yeah, man. He, uh... He apparently did get busted for that, but yeah. it's like you said, what the fuck else do you expect? Yeah, I mean, Paul Rubens busted for jerking in a yeah. porn theater. It's it's not a big deal. Yeah, I think somebody needs to introduce him how to direct his web browser, perhaps to some some yeah. I mean, it was like sites to watch 2012 when he got caught jerking yeah. off in it, like just uh, internet porn. Yeah. To get him a smartphone. Well, and at this point, too, I would even think that the existence of a porn theater, when everybody can have porn all the time, it is exclusively just like, hey, if you want to jerk off in public, here's the place to go. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like it's exhibitionist. Where's that public jerk off spot? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the porn theater. Because why the fuck else would you do that? What if there is an app to find a local public jerk off spot? (laughs) <laughs> if there isn't trademark Devin Lovely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're working on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so there's this whole affair storyline, which again, just typical Stephen King, can't trust women stuff. Yeah, it's not like it doesn't play back into the vampire story at all. Mm-hmm. Like if if it did, if like our big intense scene in the cheating storyline is the maybe the best acted scene in the entire movie probably so the most tense i think it's for good sure. it is really good and um it doesn't lead to anything like no basically it really doesn't. it's just that cully catches uh boom boom bonnie and and fred <laughs> willard uh in flagrante <laughs> As they say, yeah uh-huh and then <laughs> just for fun they throw in uh bonnie falsely accusing fred willard of rape to yes, her husband yep then her husband holding a gun on fred willard yeah a very intense scene really well acted by the guy playing cully and then uh spousal abuse yeah i guess where cully beats the shit the out of his wife yeah so the the results of that entire storyline are terrible and unrelated entirely to vampirism yeah exactly exactly there is just a lot of fluff like that in the story that's like this could be completely removed with no effect to the overall story and i I do get the 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 logic there is that you want people to be drawn into the the human interactions so that they don't expect uh mangled looking vampire (laughs) Like, yeah, sure. They don't know where this is going. Unless you've read Salem's Lot, yeah. you're watching this on November 17th, 1979, and you're like, oh, okay, so what is going on with this town? There's a lot of weird stuff going on with the town, and then right near the end of that first part, vampire. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit, oh, vampire. Shit. And right. the second part is all, the entire town turned into vampires. Doesn't matter if you know anything about them. Now they're just vampires. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, is a, it, it isn't great. No. But I understand where they were going. I feel like, though, without all that additional fluff, and there, there's other stuff, you know, there's the whole, like, like the, the, the gravedigger's dog getting killed because right. he's in a Stephen King 
Yeah, and fucking movie. Ned Tebbets. Yeah. The plumber oh, yeah, who is the right. former husband of of uh, Susan, Bonnie yeah. Bedelia, who shows up to be... Uh, Intimidating. A, a, a nice guy, red-pilled asshole. Yeah. And then to attack her new boyfriend for the crime of being her boyfriend. <laughs> How dare he? Yeah. <laughs> and then that storyline just sort of ends yeah, as that well. Never, like, ne- nothing ever really comes to that. I'd yeah. be curious to see if anything ever uh comes to a head with that storyline in the book yeah i mean he does attack uh ben in his his room yeah but like that he then ben wakes up in the hospital and that's kind of it yeah that's about it not a whole lot to that one man and on the subject of ben himself it's like he is uh you know again obviously written as a as a writer (laughs) definitely a projection of of king putting himself into his own story and he is pretty much just kind of like infallible in this movie yeah. to the point of where it's not really interesting. Like he doesn't really have no. necessarily any, any vices or weaknesses no. other than being unable to shut a Jeep door. Yeah. Or to a lot stop at stop signs while driving a Jeep <laughs> or to park a Jeep without driving it up on the curb. Yeah. So cars are really his yeah. main issue, <laughs> which but, makes sense since it's played by the guy who played Hutch in Starsky and yeah. Hutch. He's like, why does this thing have four whole wheels? <laughs> What's you only this? need two. <laughs> the thing I took from it is like operating a Jeep is, is harder than slaying a vampire. Wait, why did I just mix up Starsky and Hutch and chips? They drove cars in Starsky and Hutch. What's his excuse? <laughs> yeah, no excuse. <laughs> but, you know, it's like through the whole movie, he seems pretty... Pretty held together, pretty infallible. He like knows stuff about vampires, like when he tells her to like yeah. put Hawthorne around her house and shit. He knows too much about vampires without having done much yeah. research. Though we do see his his buddy, um, Jacob, is that his name or Jason? His Jason, old teacher? Jason the teacher, yeah. His buddy is doing some research, so maybe he told him. But like th- that's a complaint I have about this movie is that we we see so much shit happen that yeah. like we see for instance Traker who's played by James Mason we see him have this interaction with Fred Willard where they talk for I don't know eight solid minutes about setting up <laughs> moving this crate oh, to his house yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's just like killing time man yeah they're just killing time you could cut that and then later though we just hear an exposition that several people have died Right. Yeah. So like, what? Why didn't we spend you show me all that? this time setting up who's gonna go pick up what and where they're gonna put it, and no time seeing people get killed. Yeah. But of course, this was on CBS. Right. In 1979. Yeah, it's not like you know, fucking. Oh, it's on Showtime now, where yeah. you can show fucking whatever you want. No. Yeah, they were definitely limited by what they could put on TV at this point you know there there's no really great gore or anything in the movie no no gore at all i yeah. don't think i keep calling it a movie i know it's a series it's a mini series like, yeah. i'll just keep calling it a movie. it was also <laughs> released theatrically in europe yeah and apparently yeah. everybody hates that cut yeah it's 112 minutes and yeah. everybody hates it yeah i would think though that there's a very workable short edit of this that exists. Yeah. there's got to be man take out that fucking shit about straker's two black suits and that investigation which <laughs> that goes fucking nowhere goes anywhere just like you have two we found this piece of black fabric you have two black suits right yep i do i'll bring them to you bring okay. them to him cool 
Well, that's that, I guess. Yeah. But they used a whole 10 minutes to set all that bullshit up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Ben Ben as a character to me is, he's kind of got that Superman thing where he's Mm -hmm. not really interesting because he doesn't really have any problems or weaknesses, it seems like. Well, his weakness is when he sees a woman alone in a park reading a book (laughs) that he wrote. He must stroke his own ego. He creep straight up on her. Yeah. And guess what? Because she lives in a small town and she's divorced and she wants some dick and she also happened to be reading that book and maybe liked it. She's like, yeah, this is great. But you know what? Don't attempt that if you're a dude. (laughs) If you see a woman alone in a corner of a park where there's no one else. Yeah. Don't come up on her and corner her and be all like, hey, I noticed you're reading a book. Here, uh, look at the back cover of that thing because this guy's on it. You ever seen that guy's penis? Maybe you will. Because <laughs> maybe you will. And then she's like, oh, great. Okay, By cool. the lake. Great. I want to see that now. Let's do that now. <laughs> like, she is way into getting some of that weird dick. Yeah. Which, um, hey, that's fine. Yeah, it's great. But you could probably go. make better choices. His haircut is unfortunate. He looks, yeah, it looks rough. It does have some good scary stuff in it. It does. It, it really does. And the tension builds really well at times. Yeah. There's a lot of things that we're saying about this that, to me, are just kind of reminding me of my review of Haunting of Hill House, where I'm like, okay, it's too long. Right. Okay. You know, it, there's cool, scary stuff, but it doesn't happen often enough. Wow. Yeah, there's kind of a lot of parallels right there for me yeah. with this. And the scary stuff is good, man. Like, the, the kids at the windows are genuinely That's real creepy. fucking and terrifying. Just like, a, a little kid vampire like that. Yeah. Like, I, there had been, I think, before maybe in, in a few different vampire movies. Yeah, sure. A surely. kid vampire yeah, yeah. or so. But the kid vampire in this is uh, prominent and, and creepy. Yeah, dude. Real creepy. Yeah. All the scenes where he's, like, floating up by that window yeah. are... I mean, seriously, one of the weirdest things I've seen in a vampire yeah. movie, period. And they, they, the reason, one of the reasons why it looks so weird is that they're actually uh, showing it in reverse. They right. filmed it and yeah. then they show it in reverse. So you see the smoke doing weird things that smoke can't do. It's unnatural. And like the way he's scratching at the window, like they had him do it backwards, but because when you do it backwards, it doesn't look right. Yeah, you kind of pulling up yeah it looks real stuff. jerky yeah and strange i it's like very it. convincing yeah it's very convincing and very cool and that's even stuff you'd see copied later on in like bram stoker's dracula yeah again, going exactly. back to stuff that copied salem's lot yeah the scary stuff is good and again like whenever you finally see barlow that scene is is yeah. good and shocking there's some good stuff in here yeah the barlow creature design is great yeah it just the moment that you see him, yeah, it looks like Count Orlock from yeah, yeah. Nosferatu. Sure. Uh, but you get more uh, eye effect because of the context yeah. and stuff. And also because of it being in color, yeah. you do get more depth of like his blueness. Yeah, yeah. Like his whiteness is there, but it's also like blue because he's a corpse. Yeah. And I like, too, that they did something cool with the, with the teeth. Of course, the long-established thing that we have in all these other vampire right. flicks is, like, the long canines. Right. You know, right that here. are somewhat retractable even at times. Yeah. But, yeah, in this, he's got big old fanged incisors like an uh-huh. evil rabbit. It looks real cool. It does look it really does. cool. It looks very, like, beastly or very, like, demonic. Right. 
Like again, uh, yeah. the opposite of like sexy vampire. Oh, nothing kind of sexy about Barlow <laughs> at all. <laughs> He's not sexy. I would love that. to have seen that scene though, where one lady in the town is just enthralled by him. <laughs> yeah, where like, she's just ooh. like, "Who's this tall drink of milk? <laughs> of blue milk?" Uh-huh. Oh man. Yeah. So the scary stuff in this is is good. Yeah. I could do with more of it. I'll tell you though, one yeah, of my he really does need more. One of my favorite elements of the whole movie that is nice and very scary whenever they finally go into the fucking house like in the last five minutes of the movie mm-hmm. the house that's where you go okay toby hooper made this yeah that the interior of the house and stuff looks awesome yeah it's got it's got a lot more of that texas chainsaw feel to yeah, it because there's there's taxidermy and there's feathers floating around everywhere mm-hmm. It's like he somehow honed in on those two elements and like that's what makes a house scary. It, Everything looks dark and moldy and damp and decrepit. Uh-huh. I wish we would have had more of in the, the inside of that yeah. house. Yeah. Also, how was Straker always seemed so well put together and polished and stuff. But Where were his quarters disgusting. in that yeah. place? Yeah, like what is his bathroom? Like oh. does he go into like Barlow's Imagine quarters living in there? Oh. and he's like, "Oh, it's disgusting." Not me, James Mason. <laughs> but the design of the house was a fucking ten. It looked yeah. awesome. It's interesting. They that uh the facade of the house. Yeah. It was built around an oh, actual house. Right, yeah, yeah. They spent yeah. like a hundred thousand dollars building a facade around a house. That's a lot of money. Yeah. In like seventy nine bucks. Build the house. Like, I would why think build so. the facade around the house? Yeah. No, that's a good question because especially like in seventy nine money, that's yeah. a fuck ton. That's way too much money to spend on a facade of a house. Yeah. Wow. But the interior and stuff did look very. It awesome. looked real nice. I mean, uh, it was shot on a soundstage. Like um, all the exterior stuff was shot in Northern California, and then the no inside stuff was on a soundstage. And you can't tell. It does feel like once you go into that home, you're inside that thing you've been seeing. Like, right. They do a good job of editing that together, and it feels right. Yeah, definitely so. Definitely so. I just wish it would have had more scurry stuff in it. Yeah, for real. I mean, like, the tension that builds is good, but, like, some of it is, like, there's no tension to it. Like, for instance, every time Ben is just staring at the house. Dude, there's so much of that shit in this. Yeah, he just stares at that house so many times. Yeah. Like, no matter where he is in town, somehow he's staring at the house. <laughs> that thing's always within eye shot yeah. somehow. Yeah. And then it'll cut to him staring and then cut to the house and then cut to him staring and then cut to the house just over and over yeah. and over. And, and then commercial break. Commercial break. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, the, yeah, the, the tension that, that does work work uh say when those guys like the two guys are bringing the crates that has like that. barlow that, that good. tension's good like how the the thing the, like crate the crate slowly moves and, and it's cold yeah yeah that's good tension yeah definitely. they did some moments real real good but a lot of it was just like okay I'm not tense about someone staring at a house. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's in there. You have to show me what's in there for me to be tense about it. Right, yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, and this movie also plays upon one of my ultimate fears, which is that I'll be hanging out in a kitchen somewhere, uh-huh. and a vampire will suddenly enter the room and look ghastly and bang my head together on somebody else's, like, two coconuts. 
I've always been scared of that. And that'll kill you. Dude, I didn't even realize until like after the movie was over with that those people died from that. Yeah, from having their heads bonked together by... bonked together. And just pay attention to how his hands are because he still has his fingers sticking (laughs) all the way out. Yeah. Because like he can't bend the prosthetic. So it looks like a woman who just had her nails done is like, you two turds, I'm going to slam your heads together. Just conk him heads together. Yeah. What a disappointing, lame yeah, set it, of deaths, dude. That yeah, the and most of the deaths are again just they're they're told in exposition, like we don't see them. Yeah, a lot of off-screen deaths and stuff in this. Which again, you know, there's only so much they could show on TV. But come on, dude, don't give me this fucking badass-looking vampire and have him conk people's heads together. Yeah, well, that Bonk. actually, by the way, happened in the book. That's not the coolest way to go no it's not it's not the coolest way to go <laughs> i'd like to see the outtakes of that i bet the outtakes of that were hilarious <laughs> like he comes in and his googly contacts are googly eyed and he <laughs> goes to do it but he can't see and accidentally slaps them both and then or they're like claps hey, his hands. out ahead <laughs> something that main people say yeah i think that sounds about accurate right there so, Steve, before we started recording, you told me that you have some kind of a some kind of a crazy theory about what's going on with this movie. Oh man! And I'm very excited to hear about okay. it. This is something we didn't get to on take one yeah. of our recording. So, yeah, I, right. I'm looking so forward to hearing this. This will be something you have here. yet to hear. So, this movie begins yes. in in Guatemala. Yeah, Guatemala. Uh huh. In a made up location. Now. I want you to imagine. Imagine, okay. if you will. All right. We see up in the sky in Guatemala, we yes. see a probe drone just flying across the sky. Okay. Then it flies back up into space, and off it goes. All right. Through through space back to a large spaceship. Okay. At the large spaceship, its information is dumped, and there sets the Predator. Oh, my. And he learns that Guatemala is full of vampires. Oh. And so he comes down to Guatemala to fight vampires. Yeah, he does. Shit is, though. It's warm there. The thing is that the probe took time to get back to his ship. It's been years now. The vampires have been cleared out. By Bill and uh, or by Ben and uh, Mark. Yeah, 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 yeah. He gets down there. He's out in the jungles. He's looking for these vampires. What does he run into? He runs into Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger. Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura and the the rest. Oh my gosh. Man, I'm telling you. That's the shit. This is a prequel to Predator. And I'm on deck for that. You need to know that it really sets it up in the end. When we get to the end... It shows, it pans up to a shot of the moon. Yeah. And the then skull. the moon turns into a skull, letting us know death is coming from outer space. Bum, bum, bum. And what the Predator really wanted. See, the thing is, if the Predator watched the Predator, he would be very disappointed. Because yeah. what he really wanted was to come down and fight just a huge group of vampires. Yeah. He's like, and oh, he this is a good challenge. Like, All right, a bunch of bodybuilders with guns, <laughs> then, I guess. <laughs> Carl Weathers, take that. <laughs> I like that. Uh-huh. I think that's a great way to look at this movie. <laughs> Totally worth it in the end. It's a prequel. Well, because that's the thing is, you know, I was thinking ultimately all the Guatemala stuff was pretty useless. Mm -hmm. Like the way that it starts 
in Guatemala and they have that like holy water that's also like a it, it's like a, a sting the sword that yeah, the, the lets the you know has. when vampires are nearby yeah exactly mm-hmm. like that holy water flashes like there be orcs nearby <laughs> And then the movie ends, yeah, with them like killing Susan in Guatemala and yeah. stuff. I thought all that stuff was pretty, pretty useless. But now, now I see. Yeah, like I, that's what was happening in my mind when it first started in Guatemala. I was like, why? Yeah. Like, why would it start in Guatemala? And I was like, what do I know about Guatemala? Well, Predator. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the score in this movie? It's great. Score's good. I it really is. enjoy it. There are a lot of uh, times where there's some nice bassoons, and I think a bassoon oh. is a real good way well, to set a tone action. in a oh. horror movie. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think so. It's all well done. A lot of it you can tell is definitely cut around commercial breaks and stuff like that. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of periods at the end of those musical sentences uh-huh. that tell you and break time. Here's yeah. a commercial time about life cereal. Commercial. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So. But, you know, that's just a fault of how yeah, that's this how is put on TV. TV worked, yeah. Yeah. But I got to say, yeah, the score is definitely good. Just a very appropriate, good yeah. 70s kind of score without sounding too super dated or anything like that. Okay, so, Steve, we talked about how this thing has some cool stuff. Yep. It's got some bloated runtime. It does. Just some very 70s, very set in that time period stuff as far as some of the yeah. writing and direction. But overall... What do you think about saying How are you going to rate this thing on that scale of 1 to 10? Okay. So it drags a lot. When it does have uh, does have moments with high tension or yeah. high action, it does a good job. Yeah, it does. Um, I like the creature design Love for it. sure. I, I like that it uh, turns the traditional vampire movie of uh, Dracula and his thralls into just this horde of vampires. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, more like a... I am legend, Omega Man type. Yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah. I enjoy that a lot. The idea of these vampires taking over an entire town—that that's pretty cool. But it is so long, and yeah. there is so much that should have been cut. A lot of downtime. Yeah. Uh, when I consider the format that it is a mini series, and that they ahead of time knew they had to make three hours out of a four hundred page book. Right. You know that you're gonna have some issues. Sure. But. That being said, I could see uh, an edit of this being made that would be much more capable of carrying the tension and not having those lulls where it's just like, oh, we got to kill time. Right, because the movie had plenty of good acting horsepower oh, yeah. on tap. Oh, yeah, 100%. Stuff mm-hmm. That you don't have to spend so much time with these characters yeah. To get to know them. Yeah, you, know? you automatically feel like you know, say, when you first meet uh, Susan. Yeah. You kind of get her pretty quickly. Yeah, definitely. Same with Ben, though he doesn't have much of any sort of personality. No, really. Just that he's infallible. But, like, yeah, a ton of the characters, you get them pretty quickly. Right. So, yeah, we wouldn't need as much setup as they they give us. What I would say is that it is influential, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it points for that. Yeah, sure. But... Overall, it's not great. Yeah. It's just good from a certain perspective. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for me, this is a five and a half. Yeah. I can understand that. And it's like you said, it is definitely very influential. And I can only imagine if you were watching this when it was on TV at that yeah, time. Yeah, it had being to like, be great. I can't believe they're putting this on TV. Yeah. This is so dark. People are mm-hmm. dying. There's like dead kids 
yeah. dead kids on TV in 79. I mean, it doesn't even end with a happy ending. It ends no. with a very tragic ending. That's true. And then also, we're, we know there's still more vampires chasing them. And the Predator's coming. And the Predator's coming. Yeah. So they better get shit together. <laughs> so I imagine if you watched this at the time, it probably did It probably did blow your mind. It's the same as like people that I know that watched it whenever it was on TV yeah. when it actually came out. Like It had it, much more of an effect on them than... It yeah. does people who see it later. Yeah, exactly. Because at that time, you'd never seen anything like that, and you were seeing it on TV, like after the damn you know, afternoon news or whatever. <laughs> then you watch that shit. It probably was pretty mind-blowing. But me being a dude who saw this for the first time in the post-2000s era, a lot of the charm was, was definitely lost yeah. on me. But there are still things that I do like about it. You know, I'm not going to say it's 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 all bad or anything, but I see a lot of people that really, really adore this thing. You know, whether it be on like IMDb or over on our like Facebook page or anything, I've seen a lot of people talking about how much they love this thing. Mm. And I just really wonder if they've watched it any time really recently. Yeah, I can understand the nostalgia factor, maybe. Yeah, for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, good stuff. But overall. I do feel like there's a super cut of this floating around somewhere on YouTube that's like 120 minutes. Yeah. You know, maybe two, less I, than that. I would say this has two hours perhaps two hours. Yeah. worth of story. Maybe, yeah. yeah. And that super cut is probably better than this. Yeah. I can't see myself just like putting this on to watch it for the fun of it. You know? No. So I would I would probably rate this about like a... I think it's about a four for me. Okay. A little too slow. Not enough gore. Not enough scares. Not yeah. enough vampires. Not enough. No. Apparently there was a lot of extra stuff filmed with the vampire. And yeah. the guy playing Barlow was kind of upset they didn't use a lot of it. Yeah. Well, it makes sense, I'm sure. Because like the prosthetics were falling off and stuff. Yeah. And they would be <laughs> like... I'm sure for him... He thought, man, I just nailed that take. And then when right. they looked at it, his eyes were looking two different ways. Yeah. And two of his fingers fell off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Not cool. Not cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe this is one of those things that I could see would actually be due for a remake. But I guess they did do a, a remake of this, right? Yes. There's like a In short TV series. with uh, Rob Lowe and... It has horrendous reviews. I was going to say, I've never seen it, nor do I know anybody who's seen it, but I've heard that it is a pile of shit. Yeah. People do not like that movie at all. No. I haven't seen it either. Uh-uh. I'm, I mean, I don't even remember it. No, I, 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 I don't remember. I was in Russia at that time, 2004, yeah. I don't remember anything about another Sam's Lot coming out, so yeah. I don't know, but maybe this could be redone for a good theatrical release sometime. Though, yeah, I'm, I mean, down I'm sure after it, they're going to be looking for other properties that yeah. they could do and this is one i think you could do that would be interesting yeah, yeah exactly you... take another fucking stephen king tv series yeah turn it into a, a kick-ass movie yeah. i'd be very okay with that because i think it is the shit yep so yeah bring it on now steve next week to continue our week or our month of uh-huh. no vampire i'd really like to cover something in let's say a, a, a snowy bleak <laughs> Yeah. You know, very depressing Swedish kind of landscape. Oh, okay. I know what you need. What do I need? You need to let the right one in, my son. Oh, yeah? Let the right one in, my son. Let the right one in. <laughs> That's a song I just wrote. Everybody knows that one. Yeah. 
I look forward to this, and this is a really, really, really cool, really cool flick. I love Let the Right One In. And uh, we don't mean Let Me In, the American remake. No, we're not doing that one. It's okay. I mean, we might do it in the future. We're yeah. just not doing it um, this Snow Vampire. It wasn't uh, up for vote. Yeah, the original's better. It is, the original's by better. far. Yeah, definitely. I look forward to covering this. I saw this in theaters whenever it came out, and I was, I was stunned by how... Uh, you know, bleak and depressing a lot of the movie is, but also how much like great like coming of age uh-huh. kind of young love story there yeah. is in this. And it addresses how to deal with bullies. That it does. Have murder your vampire them. friend murder them. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all be sure to stay tuned for that one. Coming at you next week here on Dead and Lovely. In the meantime, be sure to please go on iTunes, rate and review this podcast. Really makes a difference to us. Please go on there and write us a short review and rate us if you like us. Keep it G-rated or else they won't post it, but it really does help us out a ton. So please go ahead and do that for us. Check us out on the social medias, at Dead Lovely Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. We have a Facebook group, Dead and Lovely Horror Movie Podcast. And guess what? You can email us at deadandlovelypod at gmail.com. Give us suggestions for movies that we should cover on the show and also ask us our address so you can send us beer. Yeah. Well, you guys have been great. Uh, thanks for dealing with us, giving this thing a do-over mid-episode. We appreciate that. We had a good time, and we have some beers in the process. So thank you guys so much for listening. you all been great. We've been dead and lovely. We will catch you next week. I'll miss you all. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. See you next week.